Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 627. I suggested it might have been a sip quick. He suggested several unpleasant, unsanitary things I could do to myself at my earliest convenience. As the afternoon wore on, we gave up on making it back to the road and focused on more immediate things, such as finding a piece of dry ground where we could sit without sinking. But all we found was more marsh sinkholes and clouds of keening mosquitoes and biting flies. The sun began to set before we finally made our way out of the swamp, and the weather quickly turned from hot and muggy to chill and damp. We trudged until the ground finally began to slope upward, and though we were all weary and wet, we unanimously decided to press on and put a little distance between ourselves and the insects and smell of rotting plants. The moon was full, giving us more than enough light to pick our way through the trees. Despite the miserable day, our spirits began to rise. Hespy had grown tired enough to lean on Dayton, and as the mud-covered mercenary put an arm around her, she told him he hadn't smelled this good in months. He replied that he would have to bow to the judgment of a woman of such obvious grace. I tensed, waiting for their banter to turn sour and sarcastic, but as I plodded along behind them, I noticed how gently he had his arm around her. Hespy leaned on him almost tenderly, hardly favoring her wounded leg at all. I glanced at Martin, and the old tracker smiled, his teeth white in the moonlight. Before long, we found a clear stream and washed the worst of the smell and mud away. We rinsed out our clothes and donned dry ones. I unpacked my tatty threadbare cloak and fastened it across my chest, vainly hoping it might keep away the evening's chill. As we were finishing up, we heard the faint sound of singing upstream. All of us pricked up our ears, but the chattering sound of the stream made it difficult to hear with any clarity. But singing meant people, and people meant we were almost to cross in, or perhaps even the pennies worth, if the swamp had turned us too far south. Even a farmhouse would be better than another night in the rough. So despite the fact that we were tired and aching, the hope of soft beds, warm meals, and cool drinks gave us energy to gather up our packs and press on. We followed the stream, Dayton and Hespy still walking as a pair. The sound of singing came and went. The recent rains meant the stream was running high and the noise of it tumbling over rock and root was sometimes enough to drown out even the sound of our own footsteps. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. And Jeremy is still with the harpies. Yes, Jeremy is still being devoured and reconstituted in a aurora borose of suffering. We draw ever closer to the sexiest part of the book. Indeed. I have Indeed. notes not related to the future, but in fact related to the present of the page. Well, why don't you 
Speak I'll, on I those will. notes. I shall. Good. Watch me. Good. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, the chapter title is dropped here over rock and root. Because uh, he's talking about the the stream moving over rock and root enough to drown it. It's there very Tolkien esque. I think I think that's intentional because it it evokes uh, you know Tolkien and it evokes um, songs and, and rhymes and stories. And Tolkien's very journey based. Yeah, the prose is beginning to reflect the fact that we are inching closer to the supernatural. And it, almost oh. like a conventional story. Like Valerian is very much a character from a story, and Quoth's time with Valerian is like a story, a fairy story. So I think that there are a few things that happen here that are like explicitly from stories, not just the prose being like rock and root, but they they you know they stop at a stream. Um and they they wash themselves, and Dayton and Hespi become closer, and and uh, Martin smiles. Like I think that uh, you know this is certainly cracked, but kind of things are things are improving, and the sort of things that that start off stories like this are happening. Like two lovers were walking in the in the forest, and they stopped to bathe when they heard some singing, or. The travelers were filthy, but they, you know, they found some fresh water. And as they were recovering, they heard singing over rock and root. Like this is the beginning of a fairy story. Reasonable. Okay, but also at the beginning of the page, it sounds like Hespi is telling Dayton that he smells good, which is weird because they just came out of a swamp. So they all reek. Is it a joke? I'm confused. Yeah, but he's just fallen into a bunch of mud. And so the joke is that he's basically had a an impromptu bath. And he's, it's, he's also flirting, right? Like, if a lady says you smell good, that's a big-time flirt. Yeah, fair. I think if anyone tells you you smell good, it's a it's a big-time Yeah, flirt. if anyone tells you you smell good, yeah, it's it's a bit of a flirt, yeah. Reasonable. Okay, fine. I uh, I accept this. Yeah, and then, you know, the flirting continues because they don't start to bicker and she... She leans on him, not because, you know, her leg is actually fine, or at least like it seems to be healing faster than we thought. She's barely favoring it at all. He, she's just leaning on him because they get to Wouldn't canoodle a little favor bit. your wounded leg? You would favor the other leg? Well, I think favoring means you like, you don't put so much weight on oh, it. Okay, like, I thought favoring was the opposite. Protecting it. Oh, oh, I see. I think see. it means you're protecting Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Reasonable. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. There's, like, what else is even happening here? <laughs> uh, we're under the moon. Oh, yeah, the moon is full. Uh, the moon is mentioned several times. Full moon. It is a full moon at this time. Um, and when is... Martin's teeth are illuminated. Is is Faye closest when the moon is full or when the moon is not there? I think, considering what's about to happen, we can draw the conclusion that when the moon is full, Faye is closest. But I thought one of the things that a wise man feared was a night with no moon. And wouldn't that be because that's when Faye is closest? You know what? I can't respond to that. <laughs> well, it's either when a moon is full or when it's not there at all. So, uh... I mean, maybe maybe the night with no moon is a reference to, like, the the creation war, right? Like, the night with no moon sparked the creation war. Maybe that aphorism is, like, a clue to the the beginning of the creation war. Perhaps. Well, I'm sure our listeners know, and they can just write in and tell us. Yeah, listeners. (laughs) 
We're depending on you in this moment of not wanting to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a letter today from Jean, who writes on Kfos Legend. In the discussion of page 617, the idea that Dayton spread the story of Kfos legendary feats was brought up, and that maybe that was Dayton's purpose for being in the story. I think this is a good observation, but thought of an additional aspect of the situation that may have also played a role. Curious how you all see it. It seems to me that Martin might be just as influential in the spread of Kvothe's story as Dayton, or really them in combination. Dayton would be the sort of person to go from tavern to tavern and loudly make outlandish claims that would be enjoyed but not believed by many patrons. Martin is not. He seems much more trusted and level-headed, so you need both. You need Dayton because he talks. Martin alone would stay quiet, but you need Martin with Dayton looking traumatized and scared to make Dayton's story believable. I don't remember what happens to the band after where we are in the story, though, so maybe I should know they don't stick together. Thanks for the podcast and your work. It's great to have an excuse to engage more with the Quoth story. Signed, Gene. I think that's a great observation, Gene, and I think it totally does work. Yeah, because if you have like a boisterous Dayton just going like, ah, he he called the lightning and then he went off with Valeria and everyone's going to go, sure, sure. But then date, you know. Taciturn, uh, my new favorite word, Martin is there going, oh, no, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Don't cross him. Oh, no, it really happened. And Dayton's like, ah, see, it's true. It's true. I tell you, there's, there's quotes in those hills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're totally right. That's a huge, uh, huge truth. Very correct. That's and I, I think they do stick around. Like, we don't know. I don't know what happens to this band after they complete their quest. So... Maybe we'll learn more. Or maybe their part in the story is over. But thank you for writing, Gene. I think you're a new writer. Uh, very pleased to have you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. We hope to hear from you again. Lovely. What a splendid letter. Indeed. And I suppose we will have more splendid letters. I suppose so. On tomorrow's page. Of. Uh, Wish.